If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 3 through 5 today. Started our, our series through the book of 1 Peter last week, and, and uh, if you weren't able to be here, I uh, just encourage you to check out online. Uh, our sermons are always online, and so you can go and backtrack or whatever you want to do, or download it to throw at somebody. It's up to you. It's your home, all right? All right, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read all of the verses together here, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let me pray, and then we're going to jump into this, all right? Father, thank you so much for your word. God, it is living, it is active, it is powerful. And God, we know that your Holy Spirit works through it to convict us, to change us, to open our eyes, to help us understand about who you are, and, and God, just to, just to know you more. And so, God, we pray that you would do just that today, Lord. We pray that your spirit would move, it would be active, and that we would respond, Lord, that we would be good worshipers as we listen to your word and as we respond to your word. And, God, that we would set out right now, Lord, as we look at your word, to know you more and to be better followers of Jesus Christ because of it. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to start right off with that first phrase, all right? Notice what it says right away in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? What is, what is, what is Peter doing there? Worship, right? Right from the bat, it starts off with worship. Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. This is our theme this is our goal. This is our purpose. This is what we are setting out for today. So what Peter's setting out for in this passage is that the result of all of this is that we would see, say, blessed be God. He is good. He is worthy. He is deserving of all of our praise. And that is our goal as we look at each part of this section today and in the next weeks to come, that we would say with Peter, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is worthy And he is deserving of all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our honor, all of our glory, all of our attention. He's worthy and deserving of all of it. You guys, you know, some of you, you you weren't able to be here last week. And and, and we talked about last week, who was this letter written to? Just yell it out. The elect, okay, who were exiles okay outsiders persecuted church all right this letter is written to these small churches who are being persecuted for their faith because they don't fit in where they live because of how they live out their life in christ all of these things and they're being persecuted and what does peter say praise god blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ no matter our circumstances no matter what you're going through now imagine reading this letter imagine coming to church on sunday morning you've got bruises You've got scars. You've got things that are noticeable because of your walk with Christ. You've been beaten. You've been rejected. You've got no friends. Even some of your family have turned their back on you because you love the Lord. And they read this letter. And Peter starts out and says, 
Praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's really saying is praise God who put you in that situation. I mean, he just talked about God being sovereign. He just talked about how God is in control of everything. And what he's saying is praise God, the very God that puts you in that situation that leaves you with those scars, that puts you in that situation that leaves you with those bruises, that puts you in that situation that makes you feel uncomfortable and left out and all of that. He says, praise God. Now imagine hearing that. Imagine sitting there with the scars, with the wounds, with the being, feeling rejected, with feeling alone on this earth and hearing that. Praise God. How would you respond? What would your response be? Would you be the one that yelled out amen? Would you be the one that jumped up and said, he's right. It doesn't matter what happened to me this week. It doesn't matter what I went through. It doesn't matter the pain that I've endured. It doesn't matter the suffering I've endured. He's right. Praise God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that how we would respond? Is that how we are responding? You guys, my hope, I hope, I hope that through this whole letter, and especially today, that we walk away and we look at our circumstances and we just say, praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is worthy, so much more worthy than anything else in my life. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Now, why does he say to praise him? There's six things we're going to look at in this passage, okay? Six things, six reasons. Now, this is, remember, beginning of a list, all right? You go ahead and make your rest of your list, which will go pages and pages and pages. Why we have reason to bless God, to worship God, to praise God. He gives us six reasons right here, right off the bat. Six reasons that we should respond and say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing he says is this, according to his great mercy god's great mercy now sometimes we kind of lump grace and mercy together and sometimes those definitions kind of get intermingled and then they're the same and i just want to kind of let you have a simple understanding of what grace is and what mercy is okay grace is getting something that you don't deserve okay if i go to matt and i give him a hundred thousand dollars matt doesn't deserve that right okay that's grace That's just me going up to Matt and saying, here you go. Here's grace. I feel like you could use this. This is grace. And it's just pouring out on something, someone, something that they don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you do deserve. Okay? Grace is getting something you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. When we come before God and when you plead for mercy, even think in a trial, if someone pleads for mercy, it's probably because they deserve to be punished. They deserve to go to prison. They deserve whatever the punishment is. And they are pleading, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Why? Because they deserve it. They deserve to be punished. And it's the same with God. His great mercy is this. Even though I come before him and I say, God, I deserve it. I deserve to spend an eternity without you. I deserve to go to hell because of the things that I've done against you and your name. Have mercy on me. And it's God not giving me what I deserve. See, we all deserve hell. We all deserve to be condemned. We all deserve that. Fun words, you know, always good when your pastor encourages you that way, right? Have a good day. Um, But it's truth because of our sin. We are separated from God and we deserve it because of how we have acted and how we've responded to God and his law and his truth. 
But because of His great mercy, He doesn't give us what we do, do deserve. And that is an eternity without Him. And so we respond to that and we say, Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship God because of His great mercy. And for some reason, He looked at me and He said, You deserve to not have me. You deserve to be separated from me. But because of my great mercy, I'm not going to give you that. And he goes on and he says this. He says, um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, what? He has caused us to be born again. He has caused us to be born again. We talked a lot about this last week, remember? When all the air sucked out of the room. You guys remember that part, right? Where, where God has caused us. It is Him. It is all Him. It's that right there. We're pursuing God's fame because He is the one that's in control of everything. And it's Him, He who caused us. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father or, or can come to me unless the Father draws him. And it's God causing us, having control of everything about us and causing us for some reason in his great mercy to be born again. What an incredible thought, guys. I mean, if we don't just sit down at that thought and just praise God, praise God that for some reason he has caused me to be born again in his in his mercy in his love, and somehow in his understanding that he knows better than I do, but for some reason he has caused me to be born again. And I say, praise God, I praise you, God, because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but you have saved me, and you've caused me to be born again. Before God caused us to be born again, you know, it's, it's a weird thing, you know. I, I've talked to so many people, and And they're like, you know, I didn't understand the Bible. I would read it. I would read it. I would read it. I would read it. And it made no sense to me. And then one day, one day, God just opened my eyes and it just, I can, I understand it. I read it and, and, and God speaks to me through it. I've talked to so many people and that's it. It's God causing us to be born again. There's nothing I could do in myself to just read the Bible through. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay, and I'll put this piece to here. Oh, somehow God in the universe chose me and I'm not choosing him. And that's why I'm reading right now. And we don't, it's not us. It's God who, who has worked in us this incredible salvation. And he opens our eyes. He opens our eyes so that we understand his word, his law. And once we were dead and we had no hope spiritually, and all of a sudden, God does it. And we make sense. And in our hearts and in our minds, we just understand, okay, God, I believe it. I believe it. And now you feel it. And I'm alive spiritually. And I'm alive physically. And all these things work together. And I just, my response has to be, blessed be God. Blessed be God. Because it sure wasn't me. It was all you. We're going to talk some more about that in just a little bit, but it goes on. It says, blessed be God for his great mercy because he has caused us to be born again, what? To a living hope. Not living a life that's hopeless, but when he caused us to be born again, we're living a life now where we're alive and we have hope. Before that happened, there was no hope. I mean, we're really, what is our, what is our end? If we have no hope in Christ, what is our end? At best, in our minds, we, 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 come, we, we hopefully have this idea that at best, then, it just is over. At the end of my life, whenever that is, at 66 years or 72 years or 40 years or 38 years or whatever, 
then it's just over and there's nothing after that. That's not hope. That's not hope. But what God gives us is this incredible hope through Jesus Christ that when we trust him, that we have eternal life. And that's the next part of it. It says to a living hope, one more thing first, is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. Why do I say blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why do we respond that way? Because he raised Christ. You guys, that is probably, not probably, take that out, okay? That word's not there. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event in ever of history, period. It is the most important event that has happened, period. Jesus died for our sins. Praise God. But he did not stay dead. And the hope that we have, the hope that we have for life, for resurrection, for all of those things is because Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He is alive. And blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that that tomb, the proof that we would have that he's still dead is empty. And all that's in there is a stink. All that's in there is this humid, human musty smell and nobody. Guys, that is significant. And so we say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ is not dead. And he raised him to life so that we can have a living hope, so that we can be born again. It goes on. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You guys ever had friends? Maybe you are a friend uh, that is this person, all right? Who have gotten an inheritance? Anybody? You ever had a friend that got a big... Yeah, Sean and I have. We've had a couple friends that, like, scored on the inheritance thing. I mean, like, honestly, Sean and I have talked, and, and if my parents or in-laws are listening to this, I love you guys. I totally love you guys, okay? But, like, if there's any inheritance for me and Sean, it's a bill, okay? We've got friends, like, that, I mean, like, tens and tens of thousands of dollars because they were a grandkid, like you gotta be kidding me you're like just the grandkid and you're getting like 80 grand out of this i'm like man so anyway i look at that okay (laughs) um guys we are god's children we are god's children and he promises us an inheritance Uh, i mean like that's something we can't even comprehend and what he says is that inheritance undefiled not going to fade away, not going to go away. It's imperishable. It's going to last forever and ever and ever. You know what I love? Those inheritances that they got, fine. You know, they're fading. They're going to be gone. And then we're in the same boat, pal. You know, no, it's not that at all. But here's the thing. Here's the thing is, is this, this inheritance that God has promised us, it's unfading. It's imperishable. And because of God and his great mercy, because of his love for us, because he gave Christ as a sacrifice and didn't leave him as a sacrifice, he raised him up from the dead. We say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because now we have this living hope that promises us this incredible inheritance that never fades, that never fails, that goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's the same a million years later as it was the first second. And it's because of God. It's because of his great mercy. And so we look at that and we have to respond, guys. We have to respond 
Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying this over and over and over again. You know why? Because I don't think we get it. I really don't think we get it. I mean, honestly, I think about last night. And I'll tell you, I yelled. I cheered. Had kids sleeping upstairs. I'm like that cautious yell. You know what I mean? Like where you jump up and you're ah, yeah. You know, it fades off real fast. All that stuff because of the Buckeyes. I love the Buckeyes, guys. Going to the game next weekend. All that. Love the Buckeyes. But guys, do we respond so quickly? And that's the question. Do we respond so quickly at the goodness of God? I mean, honestly, like, have I ever just been in church and just just jumped out of my chair and like, oh, the nursery's over there. Like, you know, like, or anything like that. Have I ever just done that? Blessed be God. I, you know, I, we, I think we know the words and we could say it all together. If I said, say the theme of this message, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think we could all say it, but do we do it? And in every part of our life, living it out, do we look at the fact that God has, has this incredibly great mercy that he has given and poured out towards us, that's shown towards us? Do we look at the fact that he's given his son Gave his son. I'm going to guarantee you, promise you guys one thing, all right? I don't make a lot of promises about myself from up here, but I'm going to promise you one thing. We'll never give you Alden, Leif, or Sammy, or the next baby for any of you, okay? Sorry. Just a habit, all right? Not going to do that. But God, in his great mercy, gave his only son so that we have a living hope. And he caused us, he caused me to be born again. How am I responding to that? Is there this like incredible expression of where I just want to explode and say, blessed be God. He deserves it. And I want to lose my voice over him. Or is it, is it I come into church and I'm like, I can't be like I was last night because that's embarrassing. Like I can't be like, you know, how I was at the game last week or last year or whatever it was, because that's embarrassing. I can't act the way I do for a, for a football game because that's going to be embarrassing to me and everyone else. We're talking about the God of the universe. The God of the universe. Can you imagine coming around the throne of God? We talked last week or the week before, coming around the throne of God with 100 million angels and one of us like raising our hand and say, wait, what about me? You know, what about attention to me? Imagine the other end of that. And like just going there and just like, like folding our arms or putting our hands in our pocket like we do in church. Can you imagine doing that? Like, can you imagine like saying, I'm not going to be overwhelmed with you, Lord, because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, the, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. That and God don't make sense. That and coming before God, they don't fit together. Because as you look at scripture, when people truly encounter God, what do they do? I love Revelation. When John comes, what's he do? He falls on his face as a dead man. Oh, that's a pretty good response to the Lord. You know what I mean? Like you look at Ezra and when the temple was built and there's such a loud noise that's made. The people who are responding with joy because they've never seen anything like this. And the people who are pouring out weeping because they know what it used to be like. And now once again, God has restored his temple. I mean, you look through scripture and there's just this outpouring of praise, of praise, of praise. Because of what? Not because of man, because of God and what he has done. And so we say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two more things. 
to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. For those of us who are born again, it says that God is keeping that. He is keeping it. It's not fading. It's going to stay the same, and he is keeping it just for you as your inheritance. I mean, guys, we got to just sometimes, I mean, if you need to get away this week or whatever, just stop and like calculate that. Like the holy God who we can't even comprehend is saying for you, Tom, for you, Brian, for you, I have this incredible inheritance and I'm keeping it. I'm protecting it and I'm keeping it just for you and you and you and you and you. That's God. And that's his great mercy. He finishes up. In the passage, he says this in in, uh, verse 5, who by God's power, talking about you, okay, keeping in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. One of the greatest things about this passage, security, that we are guarded, that we are protected. It's him, remember? It's not me. It's not me coming to God and saying, "Mm, I pick you. It's not that at all. It's him coming to me and say, I am causing you to be born again. And therefore, I am protecting you. I am keeping you. I am guarding you. And through faith that I give you, through the faith that I give you, I am going to not tempt you beyond anything that you can't stand. Okay? I'm not going to give you a temptation that you cannot endure. Now, you may fail and you may look to self. You may do the wrong thing. You may make the right choice. But you know what I'm going to do also? If you confess it, I will forgive you and I will keep you still. Jesus says, no one, no one. I know my sheep and they know my voice and no one can snatch them out of my hand. He protects us. He guards us. He keeps us for some reason. Like imagine finding like playing in the backyard, like Alden comes in, he's been playing in the backyard and he says, look, dad, look at this little ugly, dirty worm. I'm going to take it to my room and I'm going to let it sleep with me. And I'm going to give it everything it wants. And in fact, one day I'm going to give this little tiny worm a a huge treasure. Now, by this time, I'm like calling the hotline to find out what you do to a kid who's crazy or like whatever, right? And then Alden's like, you know what? And I'm going to protect this worm. I'm not going to let anything happen to it. And no matter what you say, Dad, no matter what anybody else says, I'm protecting this dirty ugly worm for an inheritance that i will have for it and i'm going to guard it i'm going to protect it i'm going to do everything to keep imagine like that's silly right that's what god does here we are these dirty ugly worms just crawling around in this dirt that he created doing things he told us not to do and for some reason out of his great mercy he says you and 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 you i love you and I died for you. And I'm going to cause you to understand that. And I'm going to draw you to myself. And we're going to have this incredible relationship. And not just that. I'm going to take care of the whole deal. I'm going to take care of all of it. And I'm going to keep you. And I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to guard you for now and forever. Guys, blessed be God. Blessed be God who is so deserving of our worship. Guys, we don't respond that way. We have reason after reason after reason after reason to respond to God in worship in every circumstance, whether it's in my job, whether it's in my neighborhood, whether whatever it is, 
whether it's my kids or it's like wanting me to pull my hair out, whatever it is, you know, that I respond, blessed be God because of his great mercy. And this is, this is life. And it's worth living in a way that says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is where we're going to jump back to that other part I said. So many times we live, we've been taught, I should say, we've been taught that we have so much to do with this relationship. That we have all of this stuff to do with this relationship. And therefore, since I have everything to do with it, or I have so much to do with this relationship with God, then why do I give him credit? Why would I give him credit? If I'm the reason this happened, if I'm the reason that this relationship took place, if I picked him, if I did this, or if I did this, or if I did this, then what in the world am I going to live a life to give him credit for? Why am I going to pursue his fame if I'm the one that did it? And we've been taught that way. We've been taught that we have all this that we've done to receive eternal life. And God says, no, you didn't. I caused you to be born again. I saved you. I chose you. You had nothing to do with it. And if we don't have that mentality, then we're not going to respond, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because why would he deserve it if I'm the one that caused it? If he didn't cause it and I caused it, he doesn't deserve it, I deserve it, right? And it's that mentality that even in the back of our minds, even in the back of our minds, I did this. Let me ask you a question, okay? I'm stealing this. I'm totally stealing this. John Piper, you can go listen to the message. I don't care. He'll probably do better than me. Don't even care, all right? But I'm going to ask you a question this morning, all right? You ready? Okay. How do you know? How do you know that you were born physically? Okay. Talking about our physical bodies now. All right. How do you know that you were born? Anybody? Yell it out. Okay. (laughs) Seems fair. (laughs) What's that? Parents told us. Okay. Come on. Let's get to the real answer here. Why do we know? For sure. Why do you know right now I was born? Because I'm alive, right? That's the only good answer. I know I was born because I'm alive. And, you know, I can tell you, yeah, those answers, those answers, we come up with those sometimes. You know, I could tell you, well, I know I was born because I have a birth certificate. Well, big deal. You can manufacture a birth certificate. Well, I know I was alive because I can get affidavits from all these people who saw my, my mom pregnant And then they saw her holding me. And so I know I was born. No, not a good answer. Well, you know, I I know I was born because, you know, I can go to the hospital and take you there and tell you that, you know, such and such a year, there was this doctor who delivered this baby and it's my name. Not a good answer. The reason I know that I'm alive or that I was born is because I was alive. And that's the only possible way that I'm alive. Okay, only like possibility is I must have been born. Right. That right. I'm alive and therefore I was born. Now, what happens when we ask you if I were to ask you this? And so many times you ask believers, how do you know that you were born again? What are the answers? I pray to prayer. Or I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Or one time I signed a card. I was at a church and this, this, the, the youth leader or the children's minister or the, the pastor of the church, he said, you come forward and you sign this card. Guess what? You are saved. And I keep this card in my wallet. So I can show you I did this. 
or I did, I've done everything that people have taught me to do so that I can be saved. You guys, it's that mentality. We have them mixed up. When we think about our physical birth, we never think. We never think, I did this, or I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and whew, thankfully I was born. No way. We were caused to be born. We were caused to be born by the labor of our moms, not the labor of us, by the labor of our moms. And we were caused to be brought into this world. And God says the same thing. How do I know that I'm alive, that I was born again spiritually? What should our answers be? I'm alive. I am alive. There is something different inside of me. I, I hate what I used to do. I hate the sin that I used to commit. I am alive. I love God. He has done something inside of me. He has caused me. He has stirred in me this passion for his name, this passion to pursue who he is, this passion to do what he's called me to do. I am alive. How do we get those mixed up? How do we switch places? And and, and with birth, we're like, well, of course I was caused to be born. I couldn't make myself be born. But then what the Bible says, clearly God caused us to be born again. He chose us from the foundations of the world. He wrote our name in the book of life before the foundations of the world. He predestined us. And if we don't have the right mentality of that, if we don't come before God and say, I know, I know, I know, it's you. It was you. It was never me. I couldn't pick you. I couldn't do it. I couldn't in my sin and my misunderstanding of life and what it's all you and you have caused me to be born again and therefore blessed be god blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ because of his great mercy because of his great love because of his grace because of all that he's done guys if we are hanging on some things or some one thing that we have done to get us into heaven it's not enough it's not enough and if we are clinging to this hopeful fact that one day I got on my knees and I prayed a prayer and the guy told me, you're saved. It's not enough. If we are not alive, if God has not caused us to be born again to a living hope, if he has not stirred in us this this difference, and if we're just remembering back to 20 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever, and that's the only thing that I hope on is that one day I prayed a prayer. Nothing changed. Nothing has happened in my life. I've never obeyed God. I've never followed God. I've never had a passion for his name. I've never had a passion to pursue his fame and glory. But I prayed a prayer one time, or I did this, or I went to this church, or I, 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 I. Guys, we are hopeless in that. God, in his great mercy, has caused us to be born again. And when we we recognize that it's all him and not us, it's all him. Then we will respond, blessed, blessed be God. We worship you, God. We love you, God. We honor you, God. Guys, let's do that. Let's acknowledge we have nothing to do with this and God has everything to do with this. It's all you, God, and it's not us. And let's come before him in genuine worship that we would say, God, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his great mercy, because of his love, because he sent his son to die for us, because he caused me to be born again, because he raised Jesus to new life. 
because of this inheritance that he has offered me and he's keeping it for me and it's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's going to go on and on and on and on and on forever and because you're guarding me and because you've done all of that, here I am just this simple recipient of your grace and mercy. Blessed be God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. It's all you. And just like the song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He washed it as white as snow. It's all you, God. We did nothing except just sit there while you poured out love and grace and mercy on our lives. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.